Ministry podcast, where today I talk to Rose Stapley. Rose is one of our regular guests. She has such a heart for women in ministry, for mentoring, for caring for women. I am so glad you are here for today's episode. Hey, Rose. Hey, Joy. I feel like it's been a while since I've seen you on the Zoom screen. I think it has. It's been a bit. It's been a bit. But we see each other like all the time on Marco Polo. It's true. We do. <laughs> Don't you think it's like hilarious how like I'm watching you on Marco Polo and you are like, you're, you walk a lot. I do. And I like to walk a lot, but when you're on Marco Polo and you're walking, it's like sunny and you're in a tank top and you're like, Oh, it's so hot here. And I'm like freezing and it's snowy. And I'm like, wow, that looks so amazing. <laughs> I know it's so funny. So many people have said like, you are the wrong person to live in Southern Florida. And it's true. I am. I actually love the cold and I love snow. Like I love it. And our kids do too, but God moved us to Southern Florida, which is so funny. Cause I'm like, Oh, I'm tired of sun. And everyone else, yeah. like all of our friends and family are like, are you kidding? <laughs> yeah, I, it is. It seems like being so hot would get old like that. You know, I like I like some cold weather and I love the fall, but once it gets like really hot, I'm just like, you know, I, I, it's too much. So I could see that. It is always in the eighties, pretty much in the eighties. And then like the humidity can be almost 80% humidity. And so like, it ends up being like the real feel is like 96 for a large portion of the year. And then this summer, wow. the real feel is like in the hundreds. Really? So, yeah. Cause of the humidity and the heat. Ugh. So, but a lot of people who live down here love it. Really? And, um, yeah. And then when it's in the sixties in January, like there was a little bit of time where it was in the sixties and the kids and I were like, oh, we love this. And everybody was so cold and wow. they were like, like, wool coats, down coats and scarves and hats. And, but I guess like, if you Gosh. live here your whole life, like that feels yeah. cold. Right. So that's it's funny. funny. Mm-hmm. Yeah. We lived in Texas for a very brief period, South Texas. And I remember like it being so hot. And then as soon as you got a real little relief from that, people like hated it and they thought it was, you know, they're in jackets and I'm like in t-shirts, yes. but, um, yeah, it's so different. So, yeah. but I do, so, I just think it's funny watching on Marco Polo and I'm, I'm sometimes watching you and I'm freezing and you just, you know, you're sweating. <laughs> yeah. And the other funny thing too, with the weather here is that there's a rainy season and then there's like a not rainy season. And so from like December until May, it's just sunny. Like it, for people wow. who love the sun, it makes sense why people move here. Right. And the rest of the, the summer, like May to like November, it's the rainy season also coincides with the hurricane season. And so, uh, it rains every day, every day. And, but it like, it will like torrential downpour and then stop. So it's the most fascinating, like it truly is like tropical. Um, anyways, so people who are listening are probably like, I love that. And if you do move to Southern Florida, (laughs) if you don't, don't move here. (laughs) Although God called us here. And so here we are. 
Yes. And it's always better to be where God calls you than anywhere else in the world. Amen. It's true. That is very true. Sometimes we have to remind ourselves of that. Sometimes you, you have to like, things are hard and you're like, well, I, so it was going to be so much harder outside of God's will. So this is, you know, you, it's, it's easy to think the grass is greener and I've been there many a times. Um, but yeah, you go where God calls you and that's great. What is it like right now? They're like COVID world. Like, is everything, um, open? What about like church? No. Okay. So we have the complete opposite experience of COVID from everyone else in the world. Um, yeah, pretty much almost everything is opened. Uh, wow. I think, I think the reason being is that almost everything is basically outside because of the weather. So because it's warm and sunny all the time, like even the malls, the majority of the malls are like outdoor malls. So you go, you just walk outside, like with the, under these awnings and stuff, and then you go into a store and the stores will monitor, like making sure you have a mask on and that you're staying six feet from people. And they'll even count like how many people are in the store. So sometimes you might have to wait to go into the store or something. So, but restaurants are open because they can be, because it's all outdoor seating anyways. Wow. It's just such a different experience. And so I feel very badly, especially for our family up in Canada. Um, they've been on pretty strict, like COVID lockdown at times and pretty strict regulations with how many people you can gather with where, I mean, we haven't had anybody in our home. They strongly, you know, say, don't do that. But like, you can be outside six feet away from people and like it, and we haven't done that too much, but like, it's, you know, it's a very different experience, right? So you're right. outside, you can be separated, there's fans. And so you're like, it feels safe, you know? Wow. Now, most of the times we still have a mask on and stuff like that because we want to be careful. So right. respectful of other people. And is church open? Uh-huh. Yeah. Wow. And it has been since, well, I don't know. My husband could tell me the exact date, but I think September. Um, okay. And again, it's because the majority of church is outside. So wow. there's like breezeways that you walk under to get to the different classrooms or something. And then they are very careful with the cleaning and with the six feet and the masks and everything. And they have really, really worked hard at that. Um, but it's a lar- most of our campuses take up a large enough footprint that there's space to spread out in the classrooms and there's space to spread out in the sanctuaries or the worship centers or whatever you might call that room, the auditoriums. Um, And then they are very, very careful with the cleaning. And so, yeah, so churches have been, everyone's, everyone wears masks and then there's protocols for how you enter and how you exit. But otherwise you're outside, as soon as you exit the auditorium, you're outside. Wow. Mm-hmm. that's like refreshing. I mean, we're open, but it's, you have to register it's in limited capacity and even kids like, so you, you can't go over a certain amount, you wear your mask, you, everything, you know, they clean in between services. Like, again, they're very careful. Um, but it's just like, you know, once it fills up, it fills up. So the majority of the congregation is online, like they're watching mm-hmm. online. And so it's just, it's not the same, you know? Mm-hmm. It's hard. I should, I should say this, that I think a lot of people down here are still being careful. And so we have not had a volume of numbers of people coming back. I think, 
um, again, Ben knows all the statistics, but I think pretty much we're at 30% anyways. So there's just not a ton of people coming back. So uh, the majority of our parishioners or congregants are joining online for everything, for for the services, for small groups, for kids ministry, like all wow. of that. So there's still a large majority of people who are attending online. Right. So you have two adorable girls that I just <laughs> like, you. they, they just have my heart. I, you know what, there's something about how sweet they are. And of course they're girls. I have boys. So, right. um, so how are they doing with everything? Like, you know, it's a, it's different than what they're used to. Like, I know they're in school, mm -hmm. um, but they're not allowed to see friends all that much and all that. Mm -hmm. How are they handling this life? Um, first of all, they adore you. And they're always like, are you talking to Joy Pettibone, your friend from Joy for Ministry? <laughs> Say the whole Love thing. Them. <laughs> they know you're, That's you're my right. title. <laughs> <laughs> it's so great. Um, and I was like, yes, I am. They're like, can they, God. can they like add in, you know, Joy Pettibone from Joy for Ministry, the one who gives us Gatorade? That's, yeah, they know it. <laughs> they know they're like, she gave us Gatorade. I was like, Aww. she always have a door to your heart. <laughs> I did buy them Gatorade recently. And I was like, this is from joy. They're like, yes. <laughs> they're so cute. Um, they're doing good. I think it's been very hard. Um, again, they are in school, but the school is incredibly careful with the mm. COVID rules and the cleaning and they sit at their own desks and they don't interact or touch any of the other children. I mean, I think like six feet away, they're like screaming through their masks at each other, but yeah. you know, hi. Aww. <laughs> um, but then they're very careful with like, yeah, just all of that. But um, again, uh, it's, we're very fortunate because uh, so so if for some reason someone was exposed to COVID or something like that, they can lock down the individual classrooms because the, our kids only interact with the children in their classrooms. So they're only interacting with, I don't even know, maybe 10 kids, 12 kids. Wow. Um, and then the hallways are outdoor. So like, there's no worry of them inter interacting with other children because they're just in their classroom. And so then they can, the school has done a really great job at then like just you know, locking down that classroom if for some reason there's a need to. So we've been really impressed with how the school is handling everything. But um, I think the kids are having a hard time. Yeah. We, we see no one. I mean, it's just our family. So we just see us, you know, because right. people still are not comfortable with play dates and all that kind of stuff, which I respect and understand. And, you know, same, like, right. So um, it's been a totally different year. And we've done a lot of FaceTiming with cousins and friends mm. and things like that. And then just our family trying to yeah. um, do things together. What about your kids? How yeah. are they doing? They're doing okay. I mean, we're fine. Like, I feel like everybody's like, we're fine. Like you're just, you're doing what you have to do. Right. And like, sometimes I'm like, you know, I don't know, maybe we'll see the effects of this later on, mm. but you know, James is in his senior year of high school. He he's going to end up picking a college that potentially he's never visited. Like he went and looked at one college. So wow. he couldn't, you know, he is, it's just, it's crazy. So it's like, luckily I have a boy. He doesn't care about prom. He doesn't care about graduation. He doesn't <laughs> care so about good. these things. So if he doesn't care, I don't care. 
you know, right. I, but if he cared, I'm sure I would care. Um, you know, and Joan is very social and we've made the decision to let him get out and go biking and see his friends. Um, just because like he, it really gets to him being in the house and not interacting. And, you know, Jack's just my like happy go lucky. And I don't know, we're, we're making it work. It's not easy, but, um, and we all went to church today as a family, which we haven't done in a really long time. I've kept them home, Mm -hmm. um, and have them watch online. And sometimes I'll go and like, in fairness, my son had a broken foot, so he couldn't really walk around. Right. But I also have like issues of like, I don't know, Jack hates wearing the mask. And then I don't know if I should have them there. And, but today I, I was like, we're all going and, and it was good. It was nice. It was, it felt really good to be back with the whole family. Cause mm-hmm. you know, it hasn't really been that way. So, so that That's was really good. good. Yeah. I will say this, we've been going to church, but we go Saturday night, which seems to be the least attended service, especially since COVID. And so we have like no one around us. We sit up in the balcony and there's no one up there. And it almost feels like a, like a, like a private, like live worship. Yeah. Wow. That's kind of nice. <laughs> there's, there's people down on the main floor and they're very careful with like the six feet apart right. from each family and stuff. And um, anyways, but so like we've been going and it feels like so like special in some ways, which is terrible. Right. I don't know. Like, I feel like, oh, this is my own private worship. <laughs> yeah. It's, and it's like, you miss that being together, but also when it's like that, you don't have to worry, you don't, you don't have to think like, am I far enough apart? Do I have my mask? You know, it's mm-hmm. stressful. Like thinking like that, you know, even in church today, like a woman who, um, went to our, our other church when we were there. Now I saw her at this new church, you know, came up to me and she gave me a hug and I hugged her tight. And I was like, you know what? I'm just going to hug her. Like, I don't know. I, I, we took our temperatures when we came in and, but you don't, you don't think for a minute and you hug and then you're like, should I not have done that? Other people are looking, mm-hmm. and I'm like, you know, somebody's so going to complain and ugh, I, I don't know. So down here in Southern Florida, it's a very Latin um, influenced, like there's a lot of, well, first of all, there's just a tremendous amount of different cultures in Southern Florida, especially in Miami. There's like in our church alone, I think there's 80 nationalities represented. Like, so it's just amazing, which is awesome because the diversity is phenomenal. But um, a lot of Latin cultures really love hugging and mm-hmm. so um, they've had to ver- be very specific, like from the stage saying, do not hug one yeah. another. We are so sorry, but it's not like we need to keep everyone safe. And so out of respect for those who may be, have a weaker immune system, you know, yeah. and they, they call, um, they, they just say it, we, we call it. They say we we care about the um, MVP, the the most vulnerable person. Right. So we need to value them and respect them. And out of that respect, like please don't hug. And yeah. I, that was a huge change for a lot of my dear friends down here. They're just like, I it's what? How am I not hug? And so it's been like COVID has just really drastically changed so many things for the whole world. But like you know, social interaction yeah. is like. It's just, and it puts this sort of weird fear in you and this worry of right you know, judgment. It is. You and it's almost like and respectful, but then you're like, what's the, be- you know, you have to make the best decision for your family. And it's right. so, 
It is. And my husband has a really good response. Like when someone says at church, like, can I hug you? And he'll be like, you know what, you know, you're okay with it. And he's like, and I'm probably okay with it, but you know, somebody watching might not be okay with it. And we want to be careful for them. And so he's a good response. Me. I'm always like, I have that moment of like, um, (laughs) I don't know. And it's weird because you're getting into this habit of no touch distancing from people. Mm. Like what's going to happen. We go back, like, you know, with our kids who now, for over a year are told you can't touch anybody. You can't get close to anybody. It's, you know, it's going to mm-hmm. be interesting to see what happens. I know it is. It really is. And then also the lack of seeing facial uh, expressions I know, uh, and like knowing what people look like from like the eyes down. Like I, 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 um, I, you know, teach some different students and like, we always have masks on and, um, and then I saw a picture of them and I was like, oh, that's what you look like. Aww. <laughs> you know, they don't it know what is. I look like either. <laughs> it's funny, like too, looking at the, like my masks, like just like stupid things. Like I, I my makeup is all over my mask. Cause like I'll, I'll put, you know, like a, my lip gloss on and my tinted moisturizer and yes. I peel it off. And it's like, like, I cannot believe I I wear that much makeup. Like they're all so <laughs> disgusting. <laughs> and then you're like soaking them and washing them. And <laughs> yes, Ugh. I know. Or throwing them out of there, the discardable ones. Yeah, yeah exactly. So what are you, um, it, so I love when I have you on the podcast Thank because you. I just feel like you have such wisdom to share. You're so authentic and you have probably the best laugh of anyone I know. <laughs> See, everybody agrees. <laughs> That's hilarious. You know, I've never thought about it, but my parents recently told me that if they ever like have a video of me laughing, they save it. And they're like, whenever we need it, we just play it back. And I was like, That's so weird. <laughs> That's adorable because you have this infectious oh. laugh. <laughs> Thank you. It's funny because like sometimes I'll you you're very articulate and you talk very nice. And then like I feel like I listen to myself and I'm like, if I say, you know, this one more time, like my thing is I say that's so good. But some of the things that I hear throughout the podcast, I I'm like when I'm interviewing something, somebody, it's it is so good. So I'll I'll be like, that's so good. And I say it with that jersey drawl, and I'm like, <laughs> I listen back to myself and I'm like, oh joy. <laughs> you're, you know, just, you can't think about it. Hopefully nobody else is like noticing my accent and my, Oh my gosh. I love your accent. Don't, don't change a thing. I love it. Especially when I feel like I'm like, Oh, I feel like I'm home. So you got to keep it. (laughs) I know it was funny when I was interviewing Scott McKnight and his daughter, Laura, they're out in Illinois. Mm-hmm. And he's like, I'm detecting an accent. And he's like, where, or, or he said something like, where are you from? And I said, New Jersey. And he laughed. He's like, I, I thought I heard an accent. <laughs> I'm like, yeah, that's me. <laughs> but I love having you on and I love your laugh and I love your wisdom. And you have such a heart for mentoring and for caring for women. Mm-hmm. And, you know, it's evident in all that you do. And I remember when we we first were really developing our relationship, you said to me, I'm going to pray for you. And I love praying for women. And, um, that has always stuck with me about you. And I've appreciated that. And that's so powerful when you have, and I know you truly pray for me. Yeah. And that's so powerful when you have a, a woman that loves to pray and 
praise for women. And, um, mm-hmm. so I've always just loved your heart and you. so appreciate everything you have to say. So thank you. Thank you for coming <laughs> on. So I what so encouraged. Thank you, Joy. I, I mean, and so tell me a little bit about, I know, um, you know, I want to talk about some things right now that we're loving in ministry. Mm-hmm. So I know you talk about loving developing relationships with women and mentoring. Mm-hmm. 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 Can you talk about that a little bit? Yeah. So I've been really blessed to have some women in my life who have just poured into me. And, um, I've been in, like, even since I was in high school, um, my youth leader just was a phenomenal woman of God. And she, she mentored young women really well, just out of the love and joy in her heart for the Lord and her, like her desire to pass that on to another generation. And she was just a phenomenal woman. And then um, when I went to college, I had some other women, like again, older women just pour into me. And then uh, at the different churches I've been at, I've just I guess, I don't know. I just gravitate towards some older women and they are just more experienced. And at this point, you know, I'm 40. And so at this point they don't feel that much older because I'm like, Oh, I'm getting closer to their age. (laughs) So, um, but they have just been phenomenal with just being more experienced and further in their walk with the Lord and just so gracious towards me. Um, they listen that I know they pray and because of like, they spend such quality time with God, like their wisdom is amazing mm. and so good. they are so loving and kind, but yet they will call me out on stuff and just like straight up be like, Rose, instead of pursuing like how like upset or discouraged or whatever you are in this situation, you really need to press into the presence of God. God is giving you an opportunity and you need to take it. And I was just like, oh, okay, let's do it. You know? And so, and they, and they can share from their own life, like stories of, you know, I've been through that and this is how I, you know, approached it. And this is what God told me to do. And this is how I did it. And this might work for you. And so then, you know, just that, that incredible opportunity. So then taking that. And I just am a firm believer of like, you know, you receive it from someone above you, you have connection and communion with those uh, alongside of you. And then you reach down to those, you know, not beneath you, but like, you know, younger than you or less experienced than you. And so I've just wanted to offer the same to other young women or women who are younger than me or not as far in their walk, you know, less like, however it might be. And so just wanting to offer that to other women and, um, you know, the joy of being able to see God do phenomenal things in their lives and just be there for the journey and be a listening ear, uh, uh, you know, be praying for them, encouraging them. It's been, it's been an honor. Yeah. It's, it's so true and it's so important. Um, but yes, I love, that whole, you know, receiving from somebody mm-hmm. above you and pouring out, you know, to the ones that um, need you or are less experienced. And I, I think that you do that so beautifully well. Thank you. I think we all have like different spiritual gifts, right? And so I think like at this point in my life, I think I know my spiritual gifts, their prayer and like that form of mentoring, like 
um, yeah. And where, where other things are not my spiritual gifts. Like, <laughs> so I know that I can still work on them, but they don't come easy. Right. So, you know, I have a friend who has the gift of hospitality and it is just so clearly a God ordained supernatural gift. You walk into her home and you're just like, I really want to be here. Wow. And she just blesses people with food and you just sit at her table and you just find all these things coming out of your mouth because of just the, the environment that she creates. And so often like in, you know, I've known her for maybe 15 years now. And so, um, like I feel so blessed just by being in her presence. Mm. And I think that is just so clearly her spiritual gift is the gift of hospitality. Mm. Um, you know, and I don't have that. <laughs> yeah. That's okay though. You have other things. So but that's I, what I love about the body. You yes, know? exactly. Right. Yeah. Yep. So what are you loving about ministry right now? This um, is a big question because it's, a, it's it a COVID world. It's hard. It's weird doing ministry right now. It is weird doing ministry right now. Um, I think, I think what I love right now is, um, there are some people who COVID has really created a very clear need and they have realized that that need is for a deeper relationship with God. And so I have some women in my life who have just really, um, like really like dealt, like they have dived deep into God and into his word and into worship and into community, even though the community is through zoom um, wow. They have really worked hard. And then you can see, I can see, I can see the Holy Spirit changing their lives by like when we talk and their answers are so drastically different than when we first met one another, you know, a while ago. Right. And then and I can see how they have changed through the months since COVID has started and just the, the thirst that it has created. And so I think for some people, you know, COVID has stripped away all the things that distracted us that we would mm -hmm. run to and like just the busyness and the going here, going there, all the sports, all the things that we had to be at all weekend, every weekend. And, um, and it's just stripped a lot of that away. And so for, for some people, they have realized like I have needs and I'm meeting them inappropriately and I need to meet them with the Lord first and then to see the Holy Spirit be like, yes, like, and just mm. change them has been really beautiful. And then to see them being like, hey, I'm responding to my husband differently and I'm responding to my kids differently. So that's been special. Mm. Yeah. How about you? Yeah. Um, I, the things I'm loving right now about ministry are really, I, I'm loving doing joy for ministry ministries look different at our church right now. Um, and I'm sort of taking a step back from being so involved mm -hmm. just to try to, you know, um, on Sunday mornings, either bring my kids with me there or stay home with my kids and watch online. Mm -hmm. Um, but ministry wise doing joy for ministry, it's hearing people's stories and sharing people's stories. And that has been really great. Um, I've been seeing a lot lately how God redeems things, has mm. been redeeming things from um, my past and other people's past. Like when they're telling their story, like 
this hurt happened years ago, but look, you know, at my relationship with this person now, or even like this hurt happened and God used it. So I've been seeing a lot of like, just God redeeming things. And I, it really is. It really is. I was telling my friend, um, we've been friends for 40 years. Like we, you know, we met when we were babies, really. My parents were friends and, um, I was telling her about a situation and she was like, she's like, joy, I just feel like in your life, sometimes something happens and it looks like it's a bad thing. And then God may, like turns around to be something beautiful. She's like, I feel like that has been happening with you so much over the past, you know, like several years. And I'm like, that is, I love that. That's so cool. And I've been seeing it as I'm interviewing women and their stories. And, um, tomorrow an episode is airing about, you know, this woman who went through this really horrible thing. You, you see the grief. Mm. Um, that she has gone through and she admittedly will say it took years Mm. to process. And she wrote a book about her grief and, um, she started this pastor's hope network and Mm. she, they help pastors in transition and they help them like financially, they'll get like, fine. They, it's like a whole network where somebody will come in and, and look at your finances and help you through it. And, They'll get you counseling all for free. And it's like, it's just so amazing. Like how God, you know, from that, she started this. And so it's just like, things like that have been really cool to see. Yeah. That's incredible. It's like, yeah, God, like, uh, I've been, you know, read listening through the old Testament. That's Joseph, right? Like what, what you intended for evil, God intended for good. And it had to happen this way. Like so phenomenal. Yeah. Right. It is. It's, and it's, it's beautiful. It's like one of those things that you can look at and say, only God, like yeah. that happened. Only God could, you know, beauty for ashes. Right. It's yeah. like, it's, it's so good. So what are some things that, you know, you're struggling with in ministry right now? Like some things that are just either you, um, are struggling in yourself or you see other people struggling with, Yeah. I think like, um, I think one of the things I've been struggling with is how to continue to treat others with dignity, honor, and respect, even when they don't treat you that way Yeah, or treat your husband that way. And how do you say, no matter how I am treated, I will act this way because God has created me to, you know, and this is how he has called me to act and to treat others with dignity and honor and respect, even like despite their actions, but like knowing like they're a child of God. Right. And even though they've hurt me, you know, and this is not a situation of abuse, it's just humans being humans, right? Like just doing something hurtful. Um, you know, how can I still in, in this instance be the bigger person and know right. that my ultimate responsibility is to the Lord and not to this person? but yet, you know, I need to treat them well because of, because, because of Jesus, like, and so, um, it's, that's been something I've been wrestling with. Like when people treat you and you don't feel they are giving you dignity, but you know, like I am created with God's dignity. And so I will be a woman of dignity and, you know, and encourage my husband to 
you know, same thing. Like he, you know, he's going through some stuff. And so he was thinking like, same thing. Like, how do I continue to do the right thing in these situations? So, and sometimes, you know, people will come back at you and they'll be like, you know what? I was wrong. And the way you acted just made me realize like, yeah, I was wrong. And, you know, your actions were just so above reproach. And it's something you're like, oh, thank you, Jesus. And then sometimes that doesn't happen. Right. <laughs> and you just are silently doing the right thing. <laughs> right. You right. Know? That's, uh, yeah, that's a tough one. That one doesn't come naturally. It doesn't come easily. And, um, you know, as we have growth in ministry in life, I think it gets easier in time as you see the Lord redeem things or give you favor for, uh, you know, acting the right way, but that's really mm-hmm. tough. It is. And what is that where, you know, it's just sin in us, right? It's just the human part of us that is like, oh, I want to get back to you and treat you the way you treated me. Yeah. Like, and then, but it, like it, God says like revenge is mine, says the Lord, like not right. yours. You are not called for revenge. You know, you're called to be obedient to me and honor me and give me glory. Like your primary, you know, um, your primary commands in life are to like, love the Lord and love your neighbor as yourself. So, right. yeah. <laughs> so then you're like, Oh, that's pretty clear. Um, and then, you know, the te- new Testament is just full of like the fruits of the spirit, like all those things, none of them come naturally. Um, so it's just yeah. been, um, you know, but there are people in our lives, like we're very, again, fortunate to have some people who are further along down the road than us. And, and, and we're very fortunate to be able to say, we know people who have done this. Like, I know they've been treated poorly and I've seen how they've responded and been blown away by like their grace and their yeah. honor and just how they handle things so well. And, um, and so I'm like, yeah, I, I, I want to be like them because in being like them, I'm being like Jesus, you know, but it's a human like example of how to do it. Yeah. Yeah. It, that's a tough one. There's no yeah. easy answer there. No. How about you? Um, you know, I struggle with it's, it's interesting, this word that's coming up. Um, so there's a couple things. Um, I struggle with ambition in ministry. And, um, I had this conversation with one of the ladies I did a podcast with Karen Stiller. She wrote the minister's wife. It's like, is, is ambition a dirty word in ministry? Like, are Mm. you not supposed to be ambitious and want to grow your ministry? And you know, the other part that I struggle with is the whole numbers thing. Like I, I am having a hard time wrapping my head around numbers and when it matters and when to look at it. And, um, I know that, numbers play a part and they, they play an important part at times. And you have to Mm -hmm. look at metrics and growth and, um, but it's interesting because I hate numbers (laughs) and I, I tell my husband, like, I hate this whole like numbers thing, but as I'm doing joy for ministry, I could see how sometimes you make it bigger then it should be. You look right. at how many downloads do I have? How many? And so I make it a point to really try not to look at that, not to look at followers and social media and, you know, um, different things like that, because it messes with me, mm-hmm, you know, mm-hmm. when, and I've noticed like when your numbers are up, you feel, uh, you feel good about yourself when they're down, you feel bad about yourself when your numbers 
are up, people are like, wow, you know, or whatever. And then when they're down, you're like, they're like, you're not as worthy, you know, and I've seen this. And so, you know, trying to get a balance on it for, for joy, for ministry and ambition. And how does this play a part as a pastor in your church and numbers? And no, I don't, I don't know. I haven't figured it out, but it's something that I think actually probably a lot of people deal with like another woman in ministry who's not in your ministry. So then you can say like, okay, I'm going through this situation, like pray for me, please. But then also do you have any wisdom? And then, you know, getting that wisdom back and then being like, okay, yeah, either I need to, you know, approach this this way, or I need to let it go, or I need to pray about it. Like, and so, yeah, you're right. It's like a real gift to have someone. I love being able to share things with you. And then you being able to come back at me and be like, I think you're off Rose or like, Hey, I think I would see it this way. Or, you know, it's real, a real, real gift. It is a gift. Like even you said that the older women who mentor you can say, you know, okay, change it. Like, look at it this way. And I think that's so important because if you don't have that, you're just having that person that's yesing you, right? You want iron sharpens iron and that person that's going to, you know, help you grow. Mm -hmm. What are any, um, just parting words you want to say to somebody listening that maybe is, is struggling with some things in ministry, um, or some of the things that we talked about. I know I'm totally putting you on the spot because we were just doing this off the cuff, (laughs) but (laughs) maybe what's something that the Lord is speaking to you and work out in you that you want to share with somebody else? Um, well, there's been a lot lately. I just feel like God is really doing a tremendous amount in my own personal life. Um, I think, whoops, sorry, let me turn that off. I think one of the things that, um, I even silenced everything and turned everything on do not disturb. Um, um, I think one thing that God is teaching me is that our prayers, my prayer, my prayer life, my walk with the Lord, my my willingness to obey him and be changed by the Holy spirit is not just for me, but it is for my children and their children Mm -hmm. and their children and their children. And so I've been going back through, um, draw the circle by Mark Batterson. Mm -hmm. And so the recent thing that stood out to me, it was just, um, he gave some examples of like Jonathan Edwards and Dwight, Dwight Lyman Moody, who like just their, obedience to the Lord and their prayers and their, um, humility and sac- sacrifice and their, like their mm. desire to be completely, uh, like completely available to the Lord was not just for them. And it wasn't for their immediate gratification or, you know, God doing something immediate in their life. It was for generations to come. Wow. And so the ability to therefore break generational curses and generational sins, um, is just, has been something that I've been really wrestling through and just something that I've been trying to be more aware of in my day-to-day life. Like the choices I make impact my children and their children and their children. And what God calls me to today may not be for me. It may be for three generations down the road. This needs to happen now for what he is going to do then. And, um, and we see that in the life. That's why I've been like so fascinated by Joseph because we see that in the Israelites, right? You know, um, when God is giving his covenant to Abraham, there's this little line that says, and your 
uh, your, your entire like generations of your, of your ancestor, of your, you know, soon to be uh, generations that per, will come after you will be in slavery for 400 years because the Amalekites will not have reached their strength until after their slavery is done. And then it just goes on. And, you know, you're just re- thinking about Abraham. Like I wasn't thinking a lot about that. And then I was like, wait, wait, what? And I went back and looked at that again. And I was like, God knew then before any of Abraham's descendants were born that he was going to put them in slavery to protect them from Mm. the Amalekites who were horrific. I mean, they did child sacrificing and everything. So if they had not been in slavery, they would have potentially not become a nation. Mm. And so God protected them in slavery. And, And how did they get to the slavery? Through the life of Joseph, who was sold into slavery himself. And then, you know, he was in Egypt, saved because of his obedience to God, was in like prison and all that kind of stuff. And then he comes out and then he saves all of Egypt, right? Because of, from the famine. And then he ends up saving his brothers and all their children. They enter Egypt as 70 men and their wives and children. And then, which always cracks me up because, you know, they don't count them. Anyways, um, and then they become a nation of 600,000. Wow. And that's when they leave Egypt and, and become free and leave slavery. And that is like, God knew all that. Yeah. And so Abraham and that covenant was not for Abraham. It was for those descendants and those descendants, like those promises that God made to them was not for them. It was for those descendants. Mm. And then, and you know, some of the promises were for them, but like it was even, it was even greater than them. Right. And then, and then we see it's even greater because those descendants led to Jesus. And mm. then that is even greater, like, like, you know, for Christians, generations and generations and thousands and thousands of years down the road. So like what we do with our day-to-day matters not just yes. for us, but for generations to come. And so I've just been contemplating that. Yeah. And what looks like something bad really is for our good or our protection or for, you know, down the road that we don't see. That's so good. That's so encouraging. I'm so glad I asked you. I'm so glad I put you on the spot. <laughs> <laughs> uh, well, I, cause I, cause I keep praying like, Lord, help me to like, just trust you. Cause I don't know what you are saving us from. Yeah or saving us for, I don't know, you do. Yeah. So just please help me to trust um, and just hold on because, you know, just looking back at so many believers who have, you know? Right. That's really good. Thank you for yeah. sharing. What about you? I'm going to put you back on the spot. Oh my, <laughs> <laughs> I, I wasn't prepared for this question. I should have been. Um, you know, I've been working on this this journal that I've been doing. And I, I think I shared this with you. I've been really looking at this verse, um, you know, Psalm 37, five and six, the, these verses about committing yourself to the Lord. Um, you know, and, and so I was kind of, I've, I've been looking up, like, what does that look like? And what does that mean? And like, go kind of diving into these words. And when they talk about committing, Um, it's actually like a rolling over, like, Mm. like rolling yourself and your will and your struggles, um, onto the Lord. And so picturing that, um, you know, and so as you do that, and as you trust in him, he will make your righteous reward shine like the dawn and your, 
vindication, like the noonday sun. Um, so it starts with that rolling over onto the Lord, you know, committing, um, you know, when it picks the noonday sun, because that's the brightest mm. and he will shine it for, for all to see. And truly wrapping my head around that in life when I'm doing my part and I am committing and trusting he'll take care of the rest. And so that's kind of what, you know, I, those are big words for me because I'm not somebody who trusts the Lord easily. I don't trust anybody easily. Um, and that's something I've always struggled with and not worrying and giving him control of the direction I'm going in. I like to control. And, um, so I, that's kind of what he's been speaking to me, Hmm. you know, things, just things like that. And yeah, so that's really powerful because that, like, I think that's something, well, I mean, I think it's something we all struggle with. Like, I don't think you're alone in that. Yeah. Um, that, and I think it's that concept of commit and committing your way to the Lord is different than how I've heard it. Like, explained, I guess, because we just take it like at face value instead of what, well, you know, that's not been a verse that I've thought to like, look the words right. up. So I'm so glad you did because that's so powerful because, you know, that concept of like rolling it over to the Lord and like, you know, it's not just, um, like commit. I always thought it was like, make a commitment to the Lord, like commit your right. way, like, like decide, like, I'm going to put my way to the Lord. Like it's a different type of like, and a different type of action and releasing. Right. Uh, That's powerful. It is. And it's intense. And I love, you know, even in the message where it says he'll validate your life in the clear light of day and stamp you with approval at high noon. And the, you know, hearing that in the message version about, you know, when, it goes back to what we were saying earlier, Rose, that like, you know, when we are right before the Lord and what's doing right, what, you know, the Lord wants us to do regardless of what's going on. So we're mm-hmm. committing to him. We're trusting him. We want to live righteous lives despite yeah. whatever's happening in our world or what somebody else is doing or whatever. When you're doing that, he will validate your life. Like, mm-hmm who doesn't want the look like that's, that's it. You know, he will stamp you with approval, mm-hmm. you know, like living for man's approval and living for God's approval are mm-hmm. so different. So I keep kind of diving into this verse because I want to live for God's approval alone. And that, and that makes me act differently than when mm-hmm. I live for man's mm-hmm. approval. So it's, um, it's, a it's hard because I, you know, of course, everybody wants man's approval. You want yeah. We want to be approved by, but so this is kind of what the Lord is speaking to me. Yeah. That's really powerful. And what's fascinating is that like, you can't lose his approval, you know, mm. like, but yet we keep seeking human approval, which is so like fickle. Yeah. It's fleeting. It's fleeting. Yeah. <laughs> it really is. It really is. Yeah. And God, God is constant and just being like, yeah come on back. (laughs) Yeah. 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 That's beautiful. Yeah. Well, thanks so much for jumping on today. Yeah. You're welcome. Thanks for having me. Anytime. You're welcome all the time. (laughs) (laughs) Until next time, my friend. That's awesome. Yeah. Until next time. 
Thank you for listening today. Hey, if you need prayer or if you want to get in touch with any one of our contributors, you can email at joyforministry at gmail.com or you can go to our website to submit an anonymous prayer request, joyforministry.com. We would love to pray for you. Also, you can check out the website for more resources to buy one of our journals that's on the website. It's a new journal. It's called He Is For Me, and it's 30 days to show you how God is for you in ministry. Thank you for tuning in today. Come back next week for another episode.